Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Wednesday, March 7th, 2018, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 34, and we're reading and commenting on the second paragraph today. Today's readers are Athena B. for the 12 Steps, Pia S. for the 12 Traditions, Penny L.C., Julie E.B., and Ashley P. The reference number for the 10 a.m. meeting for yesterday, Tuesday, March 6th, at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 11,127. That's 11127. And the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that's Wednesday, March 7th, is 11131, 11,131. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Athena B. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Athena B. recovering in California. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Athena B. I will now ask Pia S. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Elaine. 
Um, this is PIS in South Florida, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, here are OA's 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible, responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thanks for the opportunity to letting me do service and, and I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, P.S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 34, more about alcoholism, and we're in paragraph two, reading and commenting on one paragraph. I will ask Penny Elsie to please begin reading. Good morning, Elaine, and good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And here's uh, page 34, paragraph two. For those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Whether such a person can quit on a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he will drink or not. 
Many of us felt that we had plenty of character. There was a tremendous urge to cease forever, yet we found it impossible. This is the baffling feature of alcoholism as we know it. This utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. And what I know about where we are in the big book, um, you know, this, this portion is addressing my mental obsession. And I'm, you know, able to try to be objective and look at what my choices are. And so I have to look at this and ask myself, do I, first of all, trying to identify in, you know, um, do I desire to stop entirely? And if I do, can I stay stopped on a non-spiritual basis by my choice alone? Um, And have I lost the power to choose whether I will drink or not? Um, And then finally, was I confused about my utter inability to leave it alone, to leave those binge foods alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish? And oh boy, the necessity came, the wish had was always there. I wished, I wished, I wished, and boy, that didn't get me anywhere. And the necessity grew and grew as as my um, consequences were mounting, but that was never enough to make the difference. Um, but so if I'm looking at this and I realize what's the difference between someone who can stop on a non-spiritual basis and someone who can't, it's probably that they didn't lose the ability to choose. Well, I know for myself, if I'm being honest, I have lost the ability to choose. I am beyond that. My disease has gotten to a point in my life where there's no choice. I can't, the diets don't work. The restrictions don't work. You know, all my will no matter how hard I muscle it, does not work. But I, you know, I have to look at that and I've got to decide and being honest with myself, is it time to consider a new way, a new basis, perhaps a spiritual basis? But this is just one more way for me to look at my disease, be honest and open, and decide if I'm willing to choose a different basis, to choose to turn my will in my life over to a power greater than me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, Penny Elsie. Who'd like to comment on this paragraph? Arlene H. Chevy K. Christine O. Arlene H. Chevy K. Allie M. Allie M. Kathleen O. Debbie M. Kathleen O. Debbie M. M. KB. Okay. I think that's about all we can take right now. Um, All right. Here's what I've got. If I got your initial wrong or even your name not quite right, please forgive me and correct me as you come on. I have Christy O, I believe, um, Arlene H, Chevy K, Allie M, Kathleen O, Debbie 
not sure the last initial, Sima O and Sherry KB. Please go ahead, Christy, followed by Arlene. Or Hello, Christine, this is, maybe. This is Chrissy O in Florida. Thank you. And um, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. I'm between steps eight and nine right now. And this this first line, um, for those who are unable to drink moderately, that was me. I could not eat just one of any type of my binge food. I would try to just have um, my sister, I remember, trying to explain to me how you can just cut up a candy bar and put it, you know, the 10 pieces in the freezer and then just every day just have one piece of that as a treat. Well, that I could never just have one of them. And, you know, I've come to look at those... Um, my alcoholic foods is poison to me. They, you know, the idea of them being a treat or even a sweet something, you know, Valentine's sounding, um, it does not work for me. Uh, it's poison to my body. And so what do I do if I'm unable to drink moderately? You know, the question is how to stop altogether. Well, I couldn't stop. And so, you know, I needed that. I, I needed to know that, that I'm powerless, and then to move on to believing that, you know, there is a power greater than me that can re- remove the obsession and can relieve me of the bondage of myself and thinking that I know everything and that I can figure it out this time. I know that I can't. And, um, of course, you know, assuming that the reader has the desire to stop, Um I remember I was not going to meetings and someone said, Chris, you know, why don't you come back? You know, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And um, I did not have the desire to stop, um, you know, when I was in the middle of a binge cycle. And um, I have to have the desire to stop and thank God I do today. And um, I think today is 29 days I've... um, you know, not picked up an alcoholic food or volume. Um, you know, I followed my food plan as, you know, that I got from a nutritionist, someone that, that someone other than me telling me what I should eat because I will, my disease will needle its way in, thread its way in, and put stuff in there that I have no business eating. And so... um my food is very simple, and um, I'm just so so grateful for abstinence and uh, recovery and to be in this process. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Chrissy O. Arlene H., you're up next, followed by Chevy K. Thank you. This is Arlene H., a recovering compulsive overeater in Vermont. I like this paragraph very much because um, I'm unable to eat moderately. I totally overdo, totally, totally overdo. Volume is an issue for me, and uh, and certain foods are issues that create that obsession of the mind. And I like this paragraph so much because um, I have a tremendous urge to cease forever. And I 
totally found it impossible. So I can identify personally. Um, <clears throat> I have lost the power to choose, but I do have alternatives to keep blotting it on, blotting it out, my consciousness forever, or to accept spiritual help. And that's my alternative. And so I... Um, I have to accept spiritual help, which is amazing, actually. Uh gives me power that I never had before. Uh, this paragraph refers to the One Day at a Time program. We would like to cease forever. And um, what is forever? I wake up today. I have a plan of action for today on... Uh, spiritual readings, put my head in the right place, and then I follow through with my plan. And um, this happens day after day. So one day at a time, actually, I need to renew my purpose, uh, who I am, and ask for help on a one day at a time. I don't wake up forever. I don't wake up tomorrow. I wake up today and today I can do something that maybe I couldn't do forever. So uh, this is the one day at a time feature. This is how I use it. I could do for one day what I could not do forever. And together we do this. If spiritual help means coming to a meeting, it means listening to others, this is amazing and it works. Thank you. Thank you, Arlene H. Chevy K, you're up next, followed by Allie M. Good morning. This is Chevy K. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning. Thank you, everyone, for doing your service. My name is Chevy K. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater here in Jersey. Um, my share is going to be a little bit limited today because um, we have the kids home. Um, we have a little bit of a snowstorm here, so I just want to share on what jumped out on me in this paragraph. Many of us felt that we had plenty of character. There was a tremendous urge to seize forever, yet found it impossible. And I want to focus my share on the word impossible, because this word impossible to me is the definition of my disease. I couldn't stop eating um, it was out of control, and the only way I finally recovered was by accepting that impossibility as my powerlessness. Impossibility in itself is my powerlessness in this disease. Um, and I needed to bring God into the picture. And until I was able to do this, my self-perceived good character was completely meaningless. And as I get deeper into working this program and working on myself instead of getting back into the food I discover throughout the day, there are situations that I've grossly misinterpreted already and or situations that I would have grossly misinterpreted. And putting the brakes on my emotional reactions and my thoughts and then connecting to my higher power have really helped tremendously around the impossibility of the food, the impossibility of my emotions, perceptions, and reactions. And I, I literally need to reprogram my brain um, because this seed of impossibility can drive our food addiction and emotions, or we can recover and hopefully see the fruits of our labor on a daily basis. 
So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share, and I pass. Thank you, Chevy. Okay, Ellie M., you're up next, followed by Kathleen O. Thank you. Good morning. This is Ali M. from Bellingham, Washington, compulsive overeater, and I'm just grateful to be here this morning. And I love um, the difference in this paragraph, how it's um, really asking instead of telling. Um, when I'm when I'm looking at what the instructions here mean to me, I think of all of these other places in the big book where it tells us, you know, we are like men who have lost our legs, you know, um, that we have lost the power of choice and drink. Um, but this paragraph is not telling me yet. Um, I still, you know, in this, in this part of the book, uh, I'm still trying to, you know, diagnose myself or qualify myself, or, you know, the reader is. Um, and so it's asking us questions here. And because of the mental obsession, um, as the greater aspect of our disease, we really have to pick apart our thinking in order to figure out what these blocks are. And it starts with a question. For those who are unable to drink moderately, moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. Okay, so how do I find that out? I'm going to have to answer some of my own questions. And then um, when it says we are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Um, that's kind of a big deal here because um, one thing is that it's it's our requirement for membership, um, you know, a desire to stop eating compulsively is the only requirement for OA membership. Um, but there's a big difference between this desire and the wish it's talking about at the bottom of the paragraph, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. Um, for a long time, when I couldn't get abstinent, I was I had the wish but not the desire. And that was that magical thinking that it would just be fixed. You know, I didn't have, I didn't actually have a desire, desire to stop eating altogether. Um, I just had the desire for the chaos to be removed, you know, and my wish, or, you know, I had, I had the wish for it. Um, I wanted to keep eating and just wish that I could, you know, live a beautiful life. And so the real question in this paragraph that I need to answer is, um, you know, do I fully believe that I have to use a spiritual basis um, or not? And so it says that depends. You know, have you lost the power of choice um, or not? I have to really answer that question for myself, um, whether, you know, to determine whether I can quit on a non-spiritual basis. Um, and that believing that I have plenty of character, um, that still is just believing that I can do God's job, um, you know, that, uh, that self-reliance. And so I feel that I have plenty of character, but I know that today that's not the basis that I can quit on. So I'm here doing this walk with you every day. Thank you so much. And I pass. Thank you, L.E.M. Kathleen O., you're up next, followed by Debbie. Good morning, Elaine. Thank you for your service this morning. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. So I love this paragraph because to me it's kind of like a checklist. Those unable to drink moderately. Check. Did I question how to stop altogether? Check. Lost the power to choose whether to drink or not? Check. This utter inability to leave it alone? Check. No matter how great the necessity of the wish? Check. 
the desire to stop, check. I had all these, I could relate to every single part of this paragraph that we read. I tried all sorts of craziness to stop, but no diet, no self-help book, no drug, no fasting, no special gimmicks ever worked. You know, they'd sometimes help me stop, but I just couldn't stay stopped. They never worked long-term. And they never kept me from picking up again. And, you know, insanity for me is that it was, it's, it's the inability to refuse my trigger foods, um, the inability to control my eating. You know, why did I eat myself to over 200 pounds? It was because I was unable to control my eating. It was plain and simple. I couldn't control it. And, you know, for, for people who would say, well, just eat one or just eat a little, I mean, that was hysterical to me because I couldn't eat one or a little. I could never stop. And, and if I could eat one or a little, like one day maybe, my mind was going crazy thinking about it constantly. So how to stop had to be a spiritual basis because left to my own devices, I would eat again and again. You know, the, the insanity appears in the sober alcoholic or a compulsive overeater because our pain has no memory. I had no memory to the pain. And I had to choose a spiritual basis because um, I couldn't choose to stop eating on my own. So the problem really was in my mind. I had to change my thinking. And I actually had to trust in what seemed to be another crazy idea. It's like to trust in higher power, seriously. But, you know, I had trusted that pregnant women, when pregnant women's urine would fix me and had that injected to me, I mean, so how crazy could be trusting in higher power? So, you know, nothing else worked. I was out of options. So I decided to take the leap of faith in finding a power greater than, greater than me and to take this program of action. And finally, I found something that worked a day at a time for the last 13 years. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Debbie M., you're up next, followed by Sima O. Oh, hi, you got my last initial. This is um, Debbie M. in Indiana, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And thanks to everyone on Team Wednesday. Um, So I love this paragraph. We're um, talking about the power to choose. Have we lost the power to choose? And that is step one. Um, admitting that we're powerless over food and that our lives have become unmanageable. And in this paragraph, it talks about um, desire in two forms, desire and wish, and it talks about necessity. And one of our great um, servants in this program who speaks frequently says that um, this isn't a program for people who want it, which is the desire or the wish, This isn't a program for people who need it, which is a necessity. It's a program for people who do it. And I can only speak to that by speaking about my own experience. Did I want it? Did I wish for it? Yes, I wanted, as a child, I wanted to look like other kids. I was born with this disease, so I was a chubby baby, a chubby kid. Later, I wanted to wear, you know, the cute, fashionable clothes that everybody else was wearing. Um... I wanted to be able to reach into my closet and wear the same size clothes that I wore the year before, but I was always getting bigger as this disease progressed. You know, I wanted to fit into the airplane seat without the extender. I wanted to ride the roller coaster. Um, I wanted to not feel embarrassed about the way I looked. Did I need it? I ate my way up to 350 pounds. I got diagnosed with diabetes, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. 
I was existing and not living. And, um, you know, I felt like I just wanted to give up so many times. And finally, finally, um, I, I had to do it, you know. I had to pick up this simple spiritual tool- toolkit that was laid at my feet. I got a sponsor. I needed a guide. This program isn't a program you can do alone. And it is a spiritual program. I had to work these steps like my hair was on fire um, and have a spiritual experience, an effective spiritual experience to save myself from, you know, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and have, you know, joy in living this program. And then I turn around and live in step step 10, 11, and 12, where I help others um, to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And um, it's an experience you don't want to miss. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Debbie M. Sima O, you're up next, followed by Sherry KB. Sima O, start one to unmute. Hi. Hi, this is Sima. Um, my last initial is M. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is Sima, Grateful Compulsive of Reliving and Recovery today. Um, when I first looked at the paragraph that we were going to be reading this morning, and I did not hear yesterday's meeting, um, I was thinking, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I came into this program 43 years ago, and today I'm looking at this whole paragraph differently. It says, unable to drink moderately. So I'm translating that into food, unable to eat moderately. But actually what I thought was what I was always unable to do was diet moderately. Because looking at the paragraph above, it says, yeah, I could, I could diet for a year or even more than a year, but then eventually I would start binging again. So uh, I'm looking, and diet means control my food. Uh, and I can't do that, so I need, I need this program, I need a higher power, I need, uh, yes, I desire to stop, looking at the rest of this paragraph, desire to stop controlling food, uh, because whenever I try to control food, it would control me. And uh, I didn't know that there was a spiritual basis, so as soon as I came in and found out there was a spiritual basis, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I mean, I don't have a basis. Um, I guess I felt that I had character. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind admitting that I was powerless. I just didn't know what I was powerless over, and it's not over. It wasn't over um, eating moderately. It was over trying to control eating. It's kind of like a different way of looking at it. Instead of saying compulsively overeating, I was trying to control dieting. And um, obviously, I'm very bad at that. This is, um, it brings up the willfulness in me. As soon as I hear the word diet, it's like, oh, yeah, that's something that I'll do, but I don't want to do it. And today, I have a food plan and a way of eating and a spiritual program that uh, brings sanity to all areas of my life, including my a relationship, a healthy relationship with food. And I'm grateful, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sima M. Sherry KB, you're up next. 
Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Elaine, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Wow, um, this is a very powerful paragraph. Um, you know, unable to drink moderately. Uh, not, you know, can't quit on a non-spiritual basis. Um, lost the power of choice uh, to choose. Um, yeah, the baffling. It's a baffling feature of compulsive overeating, the utter inability to leave it alone. Uh, no matter how great the necessity, the wish, or I, I want to also say, or the consequence um, for me. Um, so what I'm hearing here is that I can't recover on a non-spiritual basis. And it makes me think of page 60, the ABCs, that we are compulsive overeaters and could not, I could not manage my own life. And that probably no human power could relieve me of my compulsive overeating. And that God could and would if he were sought. And so what I think about is when I've been in the rooms of OA, I've heard about all these tools that we're supposed to use. But, you know, one day I was, um, I had had gotten recovered and I was sharing in an OA meeting and I was talking about the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet. And this person came up to me afterwards and she said, what's the difference between just the spiritual toolkit and the tools we use in OA? And I said, the spiritual toolkit is the 12 steps, you know. The other tools are tools, but they're not the spiritual tools. They help. They support us, but they don't, we, you know, we don't get recovered by doing that. We get recovered by doing the steps. And it, it blew her away. Um, she couldn't believe, she had never heard of it, and, and she had never heard of the big book either. And so for me, I know that I can't recover on a non-spiritual basis. I can't recover on my self-will. I can't recover by uh, the tools. I can, I can get support and help. And I can get help and support from the fellowship, but my full reliance needs to be on a power greater than myself because I can't, I can't stay recovered without my higher power. And that's what it's telling me here is that I can't, I can't, um, I can't stay abstinent and recovered on a non-spiritual basis. I have to work this program every day, and so you know that utter inability to leave it alone. And how many times have I been face down in the food? And now, being recovered, I get to not be face down on the food, and I'm learning not to be face down in my emotions. That's what's amazing to me is that there is a parallel for me of how I was face down on the food is how I've been face down in my emotions all these years. And I'm getting to recover by living in 10, 11, and 12, working the steps, taking people through the book. Um, and I'm learning to turn everything over to my higher power because I have the the utter inability to leave a lot of things alone. Um so I need a higher power. I need these steps and um, and full reliance, 100% full reliance on my higher power. And that I pass. Thank you. And thank you very much, Sherry KB. So we're reading on page 34, more about alcoholism. We're reading the second paragraph, which begins, for those who are unable. And we're reading and commenting on that one paragraph. Who would like to comment on that paragraph? Reggio. Reggio. Leslie W. Leslie W. Rebecca T. Rebecca T. Robin Joby. Robin Joby. I think we have time for one more. Maybe not. Actually, let's let's stick with that and see how we do. 
James T. James, we may have time for a short share from you. Um, so that's great. I have Reggio, Leslie W., Rebecca T., Robin Joe, and James T. Reggio, please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks. This is Reggie O., very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, reading this and hearing everybody share on this this morning, what comes up for me is this amazing, um, this amazing gratitude for this program and for this meeting and for the big book and the 12 steps. It is it's truly an, it truly is a gift. You know, when I think about my long, long history as a compulsive eater and long history, you know, and, um, and over eaters anonymous, I, you know, all of these, the, the, you know, memories came, were coming to me as we were reading this this morning, memory, you know, uh, unable to eat moderately. I remember standing in my mother's kitchen in Georgia with a big cake, one of her best pies or cakes. And I would think, well, let me just have a slice, you know, and how many hundreds of times was I just going to have a slice? So I would have a little sliver and go back into where the rest of the people were, and then I'd go back and have another sliver. And before the before it was done, I was standing at the cake, having one sliver after another sliver, you know, until it was uh, way beyond gone. and that, you know, that was me. I I remember, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't a very conscious. I don't guess any of us are, but just I, I think about my consciousness, how far outside of reality that I was with living in this disease. And certainly I I had I had no control. I had no control, you know. Sometimes I would be able to eat well and sometimes I wouldn't be able to eat well, but there was always the, you know, when I became conscious I was a compulsive eater, there was the hiding and, you know, just, oh, God, what a way to live, you know, in that that darkness and insanity and, you know, unable to recover on a spiritual basis. I remember I, I tried a spiritual basis once. It was like, re, you know, reading, I can't remember passages from the Bible or not. But, you know, what stands out for me is the spiritual basis that we have here. You know, the spiritual basis of community, the spiritual basis of twelve the, these 12 steps, which are this process that take us from, you know, the insanity step by step. It doesn't happen in any one step. It doesn't happen in step one. That's just the basis of it. But it becomes a way of life that removes so much from us so that we can get to that truth of who we are, so that we have our unblocked from, you know, that ultimate power greater than ourselves, which is, you know, whatever that higher power God is for us. And until then, we have a power greater than ourselves with every recovered person on this line who speaks with this community. Uh, that's a power greater than ourselves while we're going through the process to to achieve that ultimate, you know, connection and relationship with a power greater than ourselves, which is the only thing that has ever done it for me. Today, I'm ever grateful for, for having this life and for having this way of life. And uh, I'm so grateful to have this meeting and this message uh, to remind me you know, every day. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Reggio. Leslie W., you're up next, followed by Rebecca T. Thank you so much. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. We are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. And that was a question that I had to ask myself when I first came into this program. Um, I don't think that I had a desire to stop eating, to be honest with you. I had a desire to feel better. Mm -hmm. 
I had a desire to slap a Band-Aid on it so that I could, you know, get on with my life because I had a newborn baby and a husband with high expectations and not to mention high expectations of myself and all these other things that I just felt like I, I, I don't have time for an an eating disorder. I don't have time for a 12-step program. <laughs> that was, that was you know, I didn't know what, I, I, I did not have any clue what I was walking into. Not one clue. And I wanted to diet, I wanted this quick fix, and I wanted to get the hell out of there. And that's not what, that's not the path that God intended for me. Uh, that was Leslie's path, <clears throat> not God's path. And through this almost eight years now, eight-year journey that I've been on within Overeaters Anonymous has been one of the most amazing, if not the amazing journey of my life. And to have um, people that really understand who I am, what I am, accept me unconditionally, um, and help me, and th- tell me the truth. You know, this program has been a way for me to have a relationship with God. I thought I had a relationship with God before. I didn't. I didn't. Um, now I do. Now I do have that personal relationship because I fully depend on God for relief from this disease. I fully work my program. I fully trust and surrender knowing that there is no other way out for me. And I'm glad that I know that today. And I'm not lying to myself anymore. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Leslie W. Rebecca T., you're up next, followed by Robin Joby. Rebecca T.? Hi, it's Rebecca T. from Central California. Um, recovering compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I I knew I had uh, a problem with food. I knew I could not um, eat it moderately. So I I didn't know why. Um, so I figured, okay, I you know I scrounged around and went looking for a program. And this was in 2006, and I found a way. So I walked in the doors and um, I. I definitely thought I'm going to go in here and they're going to, you know, tell me how to stop this, help me figure out why I have this problem. I'm going to fix it and then I'm going to be good and I can go back to my normal way of living. Um, uh, so I didn't, I didn't really understand it. It said, uh, uh, however, I wasn't going every day, you know, I, I wasn't, um, I didn't grab for a sponsor right away. I, I dipped into meetings here and there. Um, I started to read the book, and um, I, I must have understood or, uh, or saw only, you know, one, one every, you know, one line. I must have understood every other line, not, you know, word for word. And um, so my understanding, again, it was my understanding, was I can just work these steps. I'm going to, my spiritual program was I'm going to talk to God once in a while and he's going to help me show, show me the way. Um, 
And that's pretty much uh, what I've been doing for, you know, I, I did that, you know, up until tried my own ways and, and all that kind of stuff until 2018. And uh, so many times I came back in saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, it's become unmanageable. I can't stop the food. The, the 500th diet didn't work. I gained back the pounds again. You know, why isn't this working? Um, so, uh, yeah, so the only thing that did work, the only thing uh, that, of course, it says in the big book, it says it there, but I, I didn't see it. I didn't understand. And I had to say, I am powerless. I cannot do this. I, it is not me. The answer is not me. The answer is God. The answer is letting go. The answer is not trying to find the answer. Um, so I get it. <laughs> but it took me trying all those things, but I get it now. I I gave away all of my self-will. I gave up the answers. And now I look to God, and now I look to this program, and now I look to all of you awesome people on the line and the people that have it and the people that kept it for a very long time. And um, so I get it now. Thank you, and I will keep coming back one day at a time. I pass. Thank you very much, Rebecca T. Robin Joe B., you're, fo- you're up next, followed by James T. And, thank uh, you so much. Thank you. I'll, I'll go fast because I want to hear James. Um, this is Robin Joe B. Um, in Missouri, gratefully recovered um, by God's grace and for his glory. And, you know, I just uh, I love – I love our meetings. Um, I don't share very often. It's, it's, um, I'm not very confident, and I always feel like I'm just um, being, sounding like a ding-dong. And I'm realizing today that this is the same thing that kept me from um, being able to, um, you know, control my food and everything, this, this, this low-bottom self-confidence, this, not that I um, want to be self-reliant at all, but I, I've been a Christian for for years, and I would pray for the willpower. I would pray for the, you know, and I never got it. And so I just thought that I was so much um, worse. But but um, but I definitely wanted to stop altogether. And 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 seeing. Working the steps has made me realize that this um, this isn't about me praying to receive willpower. It's it's praying. It's having to give up my power. I am powerless, and He wants to to be power all powerful in my life. You know, either God is or He isn't. Um, you know, it says in the Big Book, He's either everything or He's nothing, and. Um, I guess this is just really, really speaking out to me this morning. And, I, and uh, you know, I've always believed, you know, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, but I felt like uh, when I would fail with the food that um, it was me. I, I was failing, you know. And it it was because I wasn't letting him. I wasn't totally surrendered. And uh, I just love this program. I'm I'm so thankful it truly is. Uh, saving my life, and um, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Robin, Joe B, and um, James T. You're up next, and you do have just about three minutes, so please go ahead. Hi, my name is James T. from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, 
um, this is the first time I had the courage uh, to share on this line. Um, besides courage, my sponsor has told me many times, um, my first sponsor, that when you're in a meeting and you really don't have, or the quality of the shares are so good, um, just listen, because um, if the quality of your share is not as good, you may be depriving yourself of hearing a message from someone else. So um, I really appreciate everyone on this line. I've been listening to the, to the line for approximately two months and really just enjoying the quality of the shares. Um, I wanted to talk about um, how it says in the book that we thought we had, well, plenty of us thought that we had character. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've started a diet um, or have done, started three diets in one day, where I'd start in the morning and by eight o'clock, I'd break it again, or I'd start again at eight o'clock. And sometimes it was three different diets in one day. Um, start again, one o'clock, break it again. Sometimes I didn't make it to one. Sometimes it was 10 o'clock where I had my second breakfast or my third breakfast. Um, and I thought I had a lot of character and I thought I had willpower. And I realized that all of us, we as compulsive overeaters have a tremendous amount of willpower because I don't know how many regular eaters could do what we do by just starting again and starting again and keep falling down and keep getting up and keep getting up to start again. I don't know how many people have the strength to do that. So uh, now that I've had a spiritual awakening, I'm a year in the program, um, and I've lost a substantial, substantial amount of weight. Um, and just besides the weight, I've been growing as a human being, and my, close, my connection to God is so much closer. But now, without all that stress and all that effort that I used to put in starting another diet and starting another diet, all that energy is all available, and I'm using it to live life, to better my life, to make my relationships better with my higher power and um, my family, my friends, my fellows. Um, and it's truly liberating. Um, it's amazing, this program. Um, and um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone sharing on this line. It gives me tremendous strength listening to you almost every day. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. And um, thank you, everybody, for, for your shares today, great shares. We're now going to transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164. Will Julie E.B. please read a vision for you? Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado uh, for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. 